Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, ASM 18 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I am amazing this morning. That is amazing to hear. What are you thankful for? Uh, I had a whole list of things I was going to be thankful for this morning and I'm trying to remember what they were. I had I was driving in on the car this morning and I was uh, making a whole list and now my mind has gone completely blank. They will come back to me in just a moment. But Do you want me to go with mine first? Yeah, go with yours first. All right. The thing I'm thankful for this morning is when I come in and I reverse to park, there's this one tree behind me. I don't know if you can see it, but there's one yes, tree out yes, there. Yes, you can see it in the car park. And it, it lights up with my brake light when I get too close. And I'm very thankful for that tree because thanks to that tree, I don't run into it and I don't run over the curb and I keep my car in reasonable... Perfect line. Perfect line, yes. So... I'm thankful for that tree this morning. <laughs> That's a, uh, a very pleasant looking little gum tree that is about, what, 100 millimetres across at its base, something like that. About that, yeah. And the other thing that we can be thankful for, you and I, Liam, is that when we come to work, we get the choice of car spaces. We do. We can park <laughs> anywhere we want. Every single car space is available. That's right, because we are the first ones here. Indeed. When we leave, it's a bit different. Um, we're we're creating we leave, space. When we leave, we create space for everybody else, but it's it's pretty packed by the time we're out of here. It's certainly handy. And uh, it's it's handy for all those late... Ri- oh, I remember what I was going to be thankful for. What are you thankful for? Being able to interact with early risers on social media early in the morning with a Bible study. <laughs> How good. Having a bit of a Bible discussion this morning at uh, about 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Pretty cool. Getting everyone... To, what Five were you discussing? Clock? Uh, we were discussing the gift of prophecy. Oh, lovely. Getting into Daniel and uh, talking about him much? Uh, we didn't get into Daniel. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so uh, what's happening in the world of positively different news this morning? In the world of positively different news, we uh, there's, there's been a, l- a number of stories recently that uh, are focused on coronavirus, um, but I've, I've managed to pick a story that... Is it? Good news. Indeed. Because I have been doing ones that haven't been coronavirus for a while and I've got one that is. <laughs> there we go. So maybe we're balancing each other out here this morning. Crayons. Okay. Crayons. When I was at school, yes. crayons, and I was doing colouring ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you remember what they taste like? Uh, they were, sometimes they're a bit salty, <laughs> um, but most of the time it's, it's just tasted like candles. How do I know what candles tasted like? Well... That's kind of what you do when you're uh, in, uh, in, in, in kindergarten. I never That's did kindergarten. Exactly. But, um, I certainly had crowns at home. Um, but one of my biggest problems that I, that I had when I was in do, doing my colouring ins was colouring in people because I could never find a skin colour. Yes. There's no such thing as a skin colour for a white person. No. Crayola, the, the crayon company, have just released in, uh, in coinciding with the United Nations World Day for Cultural Diversity, for Dialogue and Development, they have released a skin colour pack. 20, okay. 24 different coloured uh, crayons, ranging different for skin tones. I think there's also an option for 32. Uh, different skin tones uh, from, you know, your, your snow white to your deep black. Mm-hmm. They've got everything in between. You know, they've got olive, uh, golden... Uh, rose and and sort of different gradients of, of each color to try and make sure that everyone when they're coloring in they feel included that's cool so i thought that was 
that was a, a story that I, I thought was really, really cool. That's um, very cool. That solved a problem that I had when I was little. So uh, I wonder whether emojis are going to catch up with that. Because what have they got at the moment? Six different skin colours? They do. Uh, all I whether they'll give us 32. All they've got the, the default yellow. Yes. Um, and I, look, I do understand. I think I understand yellow because no one in the world, if you look at them, has, has got it's a, bright yellow skin. No. No, you can you can go with bright yellow in perfect safety. Exactly, because you're not. Yeah, and not, also, not that anyone it, really should care. But you know, I, I I struggled to find my skin color because I'm not exactly white, but I'm not as brown as the lightest brown one. Sort of like a, I don't know, but yeah, but the, I reckon anyway. you'd be able to find something in this. Um, but with the with the emojis, the, yellow is a really good color because you know it's bright, it's happy. If they went for blue, yellow is a happy color. The, the blue is. You know, sort of like a cold sort of a colour. Yeah, red. and sad. Yeah. Sad. Red is sort of like anger. And well, they do have a red one. They do. For and, they, and they have a green one. They do. Green right. ones for, for when you're sick or something That's like right. that. Green one is the vomit one. And but the majority the of all of them just yellow. is yellow. Just make everybody happy. So, yeah. Lots of smiley faces. That's it. Keeping on the theme of yellow, over in America, they have been, they're, they're coming up to graduation. Um, and a lot of schools, a lot of students can't go and graduate Oh, and this together. is such a big deal in America. You have it no is. idea how big of a deal they're, this is. They're going crazy. This is off the charts big deal. So one of the biggest things that is yellow in America is the school buses. And one, a, a, a group over in America, that a, a group of bus drivers in America have gotten their buses and lined them up to pay tribute to the class of 2020. So they've... Uh, they've, they've Put they've, a, they've, they've drawn it in the school car park. They have indeed. Just to indicate, just to let everyone know that you know what, it's okay. We do still support you. We do still think about you. We miss you, although you may not be coming to school as much. You know, you're still in our thoughts. And See, prayers. when I graduated, well, I didn't, when I when I finished year ten, I didn't really graduate from anything. Um, but when I finished year ten, you know, well, back in the day, it was just sort of one of those things. You get sort of handed a piece of paper and um, have a bit of a speech night, and that was it. Was all done over and done with. My goodness, we have gone down the American path, but we certainly have not um, caught up to where America is as far as... Not quite up to there. The pageantry that is involved yeah. with uh, school graduation. We still have... Well, at my school, we had a formal. Some schools have a, a, a formal and a valedictory dinner, which is two things. Uh, my school, we called it a formal, but... The, the school principal called it a valedictory dinner because if they called it a valedictory dinner, there are some rules that they can put in, into place that they couldn't put into place with the school formal. Okay, so you just uh, just reshuffle the, um, the, the the letters on the on the title at the head of the piece of paper that announces it, and you can uh, that's it make up your own <laughs> rules. That sounds like a good idea to me. Well, one of the one of the biggest things it was very controversial when I was at school. Um, we weren't allowed to. It, it was only our class. Like a lot of times when there's a, a like a formal, you invite you know a partner or someone else from a different school or, or your partner, and you bring them to to the formal with you, and you take them in and you can get to dance and it's a big do. But in my school, it was only not only my school but my grade. If you weren't in my grade, you couldn't come. Oh wow! Yeah. So you didn't get to invite anyone from outside. No. Oh, except for my parents. Parents of the children. That, yes. were, that were graduating yes. and the children that were graduating. You didn't get a plus one. Didn't get a plus one. Unless that plus one was technically already there, but that's not really a plus one. That's a plus, plus, or, plus already a plus there. Mate. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, I guess that saved them on some money, didn't it? It did. Oh, well, yes and no, because if there was more, 
then we would have to pay more to get in. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, and there were other schools that used the same venue to. So, was there a bit of a rebellion amongst your classmates? Very much. So. Not just my class. Every year, there's the same rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, every year the school does not move. I got to give them credit. They do. They do keep consistent. Yes. Um, and consistency is key. That's right. But maybe one day they might switch it up. You never know. You never know. Uh, One more story. I think they're probably thinking that one day people will give up asking because they've been told no enough times. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, One more story in uh, coming from Norman in Oklahoma. The Victory Family Church, they often get together. They used to get together in church, but they haven't been able to get together in church. They've been getting together in Zoom, and they came up with an idea to to, you know get together uh, as a community on Facebook, and they started making a song. They started making. Yeah. They just started making music, using kitchen appliances, shutting you know fridges and shaking cans, and <laughs> doing all these crazy things, clinking cups, all these wonderful things, turning the blender on, just to make this this tune. So and this is a this is a kitchen a kitchen tune a kitchen appliance tune, but then they thought you know what we could turn this into an actual song, and one song that has been sort of giving everyone hope. Throughout this community, whether you're of faith, you can, if it's if it's not of faith, that's okay. But if you are of faith, you can sort of connect it to to, to faith. <laughs> there goes the oven, the oven timer. And I just thought that it was an amazing. It's a really fun song. Um, but yeah, so that was that was uh, coming out of, of of the church over there. So that was a one a fun little thing that I thought I'd, I'd bring up this morning because. We always need to remember to be happy in our lives and um, making sure that we continue on with our day. And as you go through your day, make sure that you stay happy as well. Because there's always things to be happy about, regardless of what's going on. There's always things to be happy about. And that's Indeed there is. That's and always something to, to remember. We need to focus on the fact that we serve a living God who is also our Lord and Saviour who gave his life for us. And that should be something that makes That's us all happy to be happy about, um, and to motivate us throughout the day. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. As we endeavour to do every Wednesday, we have David helped on the phone to talk about emotional health. David, welcome to the show. Good morning, and good morning to your listeners. David, this morning we wanted to spend some time talking about marriage. Um, and marriage in particular, the difference between the way males and females process isolation. A lot of us have been in isolation uh, during this, you know, this uh, COVID crisis and are now starting to come out of isolation. Uh, when it comes to marriage and relationships, obviously we've heard some horror stories coming out of you know, couples who have been placed into lockdown, isolation together, hasn't always gone well. Uh, some couples have absolutely loved that time, but it has created quite a few COVID divorces. Why is this and what is it that about isolation and two people isolating together? You know, we would think that they, you know, they love each other that is causing these kinds of stresses. May I uh, start off with a Bible text, and it's going to be my paraphrase on it, if you don't mind. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 7.28, it says, If you marry, you have not sinned, but you will have trouble. Right. <laughs> um, That's Okay, so for all the single people out there, Liam's listening in, and he's a single person. This is a, uh, a statement of fact. 
Let me let me give the full text. He says, but even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. So in reality, uh, any relationship, any marriage has its difficult spots and has difficulty primarily because we are so different. But add that into the mix of a coronavirus isolation and you've got an escalation of the challenge of being able to think about the other not just about yourself so in an unconverted relationship in if people are purely thinking about themselves what happens all of those differences eventually which initially attracted us to each other becomes um, corrosive points, in, in other words, it becomes issues that start to rub off on each other. It's very interesting to, to notice the major difference between male and female. And I want to put a, a lighter note on this, while, although it is a very serious matter, because uh, as I met uh, with some of the councils in our area, COVID-19 brought to the fore major issues relating to food shortage, uh, secondly, uh, to mental health, and thirdly, to domestic violence. So it is a major issue. And where people are unconverted, they start to act very selfishly. And the difference between male and female is sufficient to create major crisis. And... Uh, Sadly, to to note that the news media report regularly partners that have been killed, or even children of partners been killed due to the the isolation and the the unconvertedness of the heart. There's a a phenomena that's been reported on, which is the um, the cruise ship divorce, and I'm wondering whether there's a relationship between the two. And basically, that it's a phenomena where you have, you know, a couple and, and and both of them work. They spend evenings together, but that's about it. They go on a cruise because they want to, you know, have a a great holiday together. And now suddenly they're spending twenty four seven together. Is it the same kind of uh, environment on the cruise ship as it is during a COVID lockdown that is highlighting? The selfishness very, of these relationships. Very true. We often fall in love with the emotion that I have when I am with that person. When we meet, I feel fantastic. One of the most phenomenal emotions that we experience when we meet another person that are interested in us is in actual fact a very immature, self-centered emotion. Now, Lyle, you and myself, who had been married for, for many years, realize and know that when marriage focus stays purely on self, what will happen? Yeah, it just becomes toxic. It becomes toxic. So if, if that relationship does not shift its focus, uh, what will happen is that isolation being you know, 24-7 in each other's face will eventually uh, become an explosive point. Um, on the other hand, God's design for marriage is for two people to fall in love, to find each other interesting, 
and build a communication relationship so that they will have a basis to be able to deal with conflict later in marriage. But the moment that the physical part takes over, uh, the communication starts to plateau and people start to rely on connecting on a physical level um, and, and, and not anymore process the problems. So if a couple had waited until marriage before they became, become intimate, they have most probably grown their ability to be able to communicate and to work through problems. But once they rely on physical intimacy, as the connecting point very quickly because the, the the female desire is that for her sexuality is primary emotional, for the male sexuality is primary physical. That difference will very quickly erupt into a major conflict zone because the wife then feels purely that she's been used while the husband feels that he's been cheated out of something that he so desperately desire. And very quickly you'll see in a uh, isolation situation as they try to navigate themselves but not having the skills for it, that they very quickly erupt into a major conflict moment. What about what we're facing right now as you know, for, for couples that have gone through isolation together and, they, and they've um, survived it, or you know, obviously there's there's many out there that have thrived on it. They're like, yeah, we've got some some time out together for a change. Um, and, and I think we need to remember it's not all bad. But um, what about for couples that are coming out of isolation? Is that going to create a different kind of stress as well? Do we have you know stress going in, stress while we're in, and then, and then stress coming out again? Any, any change always accompanies stress, but I would like to suggest to your listeners that a wise couple would be a couple that will actually take stock, will have regular couples meetings and will recognize the stress and go for help. I've got a colleague of mine, a friend, uh, that it was my privilege to uh, to perform their wedding. They actually book in on a yearly basis for, as his wife calls up, an opportunity just to retune their marriage. In other words, they come and they say, these are the challenges that we have noticed in our marriage. Um, you have helped us with some of it uh, before marriage. Can you try to just readjust us again so that we can manage and work through and actually grow stronger out of it? It is interesting that two people will stand in front of the same crisis or the same change in their life. The one will get stuck. The other one will actually grow stronger. What makes the difference? It's the same scenario, the same situation that they are in. It is the attitude of individuals. The one is unable to, um, to, to focus on the potential of growth. The other one sees the opportunity for growth and actually invests in that. Okay, so if you're in a relationship and you're the one who sees the potential for growth and you have a partner who does not see the potential for growth, what do you do? That's how often happens, and um, they often come to me in therapy, in the, in the counseling room, and they say, I've noticed this problem, but my spouse doesn't see it. And um, Lyle, it is often the female that sees the need for growth, um, because I believe that God has 
implanted in the female psyche a desire to grow the relationship and to help her husband to reach the potential that God has designed him for. But in the process in which she does that, she can actually destroy her husband. She can actually injure him. Often I say to a couple or to, to an individual like that, hey, the only person that you can change is really yourself. You cannot change your spouse. So how about asking your, your spouse to come along to the, for, for counseling session because you realize that you need to grow and you need his or her assistance in helping you grow. Uh, that if they are truthful in their focus, what will happen? They will actually activate their spouse to, to want to, uh, to come along and be part of that growth process. Do you find that women are more likely to go for counseling than men? Very much so, because the nature, again, of the difference between male and female, uh, a female is the one that is more emotional, predominantly. Uh, please note my words. I'm referring to predominantly, not always, but most of the time they they the one that are more emotional. The male, on the other hand, when he hits a snag in his life, he withdraws and he goes into himself. He becomes the silent one. And uh, because the male try to process things in their brains in silence and only once they've got a solution will they open up a, a, a about it. While on the other hand, the female talks through a problem. As she talks about it, she actually processes it. And therefore, she, they are normally the ones that will put up their hand and say, I need help. And not the, the, the male. And so for for women who are in this kind of a situation, if they then approach their, you know, and, and, and they'd like to do counselling, obviously, and like to have their partner involved, if they approach their partner with the scenario of, I want to grow from this experience and I'm going to counselling so that I can grow, can you come to counselling and help me grow? What you're saying is that they may have a higher chance of getting their partner, their male partner, to be involved in that process a much higher potential of a party coming along and actually taking part in that counseling process than when she would say, hey, uh, we've got problems, mate. Um, you need to come for counseling because the counselor needs to fix you. That immediately puts the husband on his back legs and he will fight against it and he will run as quickly as possible. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can honestly say that from a, being a man myself, I would find that kind of scenario incredibly intimidating. Um, men don't like to be failures, and that would, you know, put them out there. You're a failure. You need to get fixed. Um, exactly. And yeah. and as men, we're like, no, we're not failures. We never fail at anything. Uh, it's one of the. You know. Lol, when I arrived in Australia 21 years ago, um, I recall landing up in Sydney. We didn't have GPSs those days. We had a thick uh, book that had all the, the maps of, of every street in, in Sydney. And um, trying to travel to the other side, I would, the evening beforehand, I will um, make sure that I know exactly the route and I'll put little pieces of paper, uh, you know, 
and, and I would number those pieces of paper in order to navigate myself through the city. And uh, sometimes in the struggle while driving, paging over, I would lose one of those little slips of paper. But I would never acknowledge to my wife that I am lost. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would neither would you around. stop and ask for directions, right? N- neither would I do that. I would pull over for her to ask for direction, but I would never do it because a male never gets lost. Yes. That is so typical of the male attitude while the female is so different. And this is why I believe God gives us a wife to not just humble ourselves, but also to be our helpmate, to help us through those difficult times and to realize that when our marriages are in crisis, instead of when the husband isolates himself further and withdraws into himself, it is the wife that reaches out for help. David, it's been fantastic having you on the show this morning. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, it is time for Question of the Day. And what is our question today, Lyle? Okay, so our question of the day comes in from somebody who has been watching the End.Digital program. Let me just find it for you here real quick. And so this one comes from Rami. Rami says, I have a question. As a Muslim, I know about the Antichrist, the false messiah, and the reappearance of Jesus, the Messiah. And we believe, obviously as a Muslim, that Jesus will rule the world for years after killing the Antichrist in one of the most, if not the most, peaceful and prosperous eras of humanity. But from your beliefs, what happens next? How will this lead to Judgment Day? So that's a really, really interesting question. What we're finding is that our second biggest audience um, outside of Australia and New Zealand for the end.digital is coming from Islamic countries. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's great to see people who are investigating, you know, what the Bible has to say. And it's great to see Muslims investigating what the Bible has to say as well as what the Quran has to say. And so, yeah, I've got a, I guess I've got a couple of um, comments that I would make in relationship to this. And the first is that, well, the Quran does not teach that Jesus will reign on the earth after his second coming. Neither does the Torah or the Injil, um, you know, the books of Moses or the Gospels, according to Islam. Um, None of those books teach that Jesus will rule on the earth immediately after his second coming. The Bible says, Jesus says, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, I would have told you. I go to his father's house, that's heaven, to prepare a place for you. Um, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am in heaven, there you may be also. So Jesus is coming back to this earth to take us back to heaven to be with him. And that's what the Bible teaches. And so, yes, um, it will be the most prosperous and peaceful era of humanity because there will be no sin and it will be taking place in heaven. We are going to be talking about this in more detail over the next couple of weeks on the end program, but that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach that Jesus is going to rule here on earth. The Bible says that Jesus will rule in heaven after immediately after the second coming. And so there's a little bit of a difference there, and it kind of highlights one of the dangers in my mind that we all have, 
because uh, my good friend here in this discussion on social media has come back and said, yeah, okay, that's true. The, the Quran does not say that Jesus will do that, but the hadiths. And we can all go to commentaries. But is it safe to go to commentaries as the last word on these kinds of things? If it's not in the Bible as a Christian, then is it safe to believe that? And I would say if it's not in the Bible, then the commentary simply becomes somebody's opinion. And this is not to downgrade commentaries or hadiths or anything like that in any way, shape or form. I'm not here to downgrade those because they are always going to have value in teaching spiritual lessons provided that we recognize the divinely inspired Word of God and where it is found and go by the divinely inspired inspired word of God and even for Muslims you know they need to do exactly the same thing and so there's a lot of that that we share with Islam you know we share the books of Moses with Islam we, we share the gospels with Islam we share the Psalms with Islam um, the Torah the Zabur and the Injil um, you know we share all of that with Islam and so if we stay within those books we're safe it's when we step outside of them that I just sort of, you know, I just like, I start to have some questions. And so really we, should, we need to get back to the books of guidance that God has given to us. It's as simple as that. 